Episode number 251, Podcasting 101 with Luke McElroy and Kevin McCreary. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, welcome to Making Sunday Happen. Thanks so much for hanging out. This week's podcast is sponsored by our friends at Vimeo Livestream. If you're looking for a solid, reliable live streaming provider, my friends at Vimeo are really, really good. And we have a a great partnership with Vimeo. In fact, you can get 10% off their pro and premium plans uh, by going to 1230.media forward slash Vimeo. That's 1230.media forward slash Vimeo for 10% off their pro and premium plans. Solid live streaming and a fantastic solution to store and play your message archive as well. Vimeo live streaming. Check those guys out. All right, today on the podcast, we're going to be playing a talk that me and my friend Luke McElroy from SALT Conference did at NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, a few months ago before COVID hit. Now, the talk is all about podcasting, how to start one, how to grow a podcast, how to turn your church's content into a podcast, and lots of great information on how your church or your ministry can repurpose or take your worship experience beyond Sunday through a podcast. Okay, here's uh, let me set up this this talk a little bit. So, uh, Luke was asked to speak at NRB um, and uh, about podcasting, and he said, "Well, I don't have a podcast." So he called me up and he said, "What if we had a conversation on stage?" from a guy who has a podcast and from a guy who does not have a podcast but might look at uh, creating one uh, about why you started it, why, what, what are the reasons behind it, why you d- do things the way you do things, that sort of thing. So you're really going to get a behind-the-scenes look at this podcast specifically, Making Sunday Happen. You're, it's kind of an open of our playbook a little bit, and you're going to see some of the some of the reasons or hear some of the reasons why we do some of the things that that we do with this podcast. Okay, now I am in no way uh, an expert on this. We've just done a bunch of episodes and we're trying different things and we'll see what works and what doesn't work. And we're going to continue to grow as the podcast goes on. So that's what you're going to hear us talk about in in this talk at NRB is, uh, is Luke asking me a lot of questions and bringing up stats and things like that. So uh, the talk is is really good, really informative. So that is on the way. Uh, I also did a uh, an interview with Luke at our booth at NRB. So you'll kind of hear a, a a debrief after our talk, um, and that will be uh, on today. I'll talk with Luke about that. Also, I'll share an interview with the host of the Say Goodnight Kevin podcast, YouTuber Kevin McCreary. Now, Kevin and I went to college together way back in the day, so we've known each other for a long time. Kevin uh, has worked in radio, and uh, he has worked at Focus on the Family, and now has a massively successful YouTube channel and podcast where he brutally reviews Christian films and media, and Kevin has grown his audience to over 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. And even though he doesn't seem that nice, I know the truth that Kevin is uh, is pretty cool. He's all right. You'll have to check him out. Uh, it's a podcast episode about podcasting. So here we go right after this. The Church Online Guide is a comprehensive handbook for crafting your online worship experience. This 75-page guide will give you helpful tips and resources like ideas for your service flow, tips for your website, how to craft kids and student experiences, online giving, turning your live stream into an online campus of your church, and more. Pick up a copy of the book today and watch our free church online web series at 1230.media slash churchonline, 1230.media slash churchonline. It is an honor to be here. 
Uh, I want to give you a little bit of a preview uh, of what you may experience in the next 20 minutes. <clears throat> it's going to be uh, like speed dating podcast style. Uh, because we were asked a couple of months back, hey, you know, I got a phone call and they said, Luke, can you put together a, a podcast um, panel or, or a, a session on podcasting for NRB? And I've been a long attendee of NRB and love this conference convention. It's in my hometown. And so I was like, absolutely, but I don't have a podcast. I've wanted to start one. So they're like, oh, uh, well, can you maybe bring somebody else that has a podcast and have that conversation of what you'd want to ask them of how to start and grow a podcast? And so I called Carl Barnhill, who has a podcast, great friend of mine. And so what you're going to experience here is um, essentially a conversation about, hey, how do you start a podcast? How do you grow a podcast? And it's just, you're going to be like eavesdropping into two friends having a conversation. I also should tell you that uh, we thought we had an hour until about a week ago. So we decided not to cut the content. We are just going to run through it because I have been a part of so many conferences and you're like, I got nothing out of that, right? So we're going to try and give you an hour's worth of content in 30 minutes instead of most workshops that give you 30 minutes of content in an hour, right? Okay, so anyway, so I'll let you do the introductions. All right, I'm Carl Barnhill. I own 1230 Media. We help churches with media content. And our podcast is Making Sunday Happen, and we help churches make Sunday happen. So we talk about worship experience and stuff like that. And Luke runs Salt Conference, which is a community for creatives. Yeah. And, uh, and so this whole thing actually was a real-life conversation we had a couple of months ago. And I said, hey, Carl, I'm actually toying with the idea of starting a podcast uh, you know, what, what should I know and how you know, I started asking all these questions and literally that's been the framework of this. So I want to start with just a few uh, facts and figures to sort of jump us in. This is going to potentially um, blow your mind a little bit on what uh, sort of the space looks like. Um, I don't know about you, but if you uh, listen to podcasts, this is where studies are showing that people, uh-oh, this is like advancing on its own or something. Um, I'm not triggering it, I promise. <laughs> All right, so what you're going to see is 90% of people, if this works, say that uh, they listen while exercising. 59 while doing some sort of housework or chore. 52 while they're driving. That's where I listen to most of my podcasts are in the car. Cooking at 50% and public transit at 33%. Now, this is not like the only place, but this is where people do <coughs> listen to some of this. What you'll notice is Netflix isn't hitting most of these anyway, right? By the way, I fall asleep most of the time to Netflix, so I don't think they're the competitor. I actually think they're helping me with that. But anyway, all right, let's go to the next slide if we can stay on this one. I don't know. So this is crazy. Two percent growth or two year growth. This is a it's got like a mind of its own back there, doesn't it? OK, we'll do that. All right. So. Uh, Two-year two year growth percentage here. Audio streaming up 44%. Podcasts up 47%. Smart speakers. How many of you have an Amazon Alexa or Echo? or Yeah. It's up 180% over the last two years. A lot of people think that radio is dying. I think that I'm going to tell you that the reason podcasting is important is because I just think it's shifting a little bit. And I think that that's why, for me personally, getting into podcasting is something that is so viable. All right, we can go to the next slide here. Um, so engagement, and this is going to really set us up on the conversation that we had um, to get into this. But uh, 95% of people um, listen to the entire program, 95%, which basically means they don't skip ads. They, that gets us more revenue. That's a reason right there. Uh, weekly listening of podcasts per the average user is 11 plus hours. That's like more than one day's worth of awake time. That's pretty crazy, right? Um, completion rates, sorry, I, I got that wrong. 95% of people listen to ads, okay? In radio, are we trying to find more ads? Maybe podcasts would help us engage with ads. And then 86% completion rate. And you may be able to speak a little bit into this, but just kind of in, in our start, I just want to know, why did you start a podcast, Carl? Yeah, well, first of all, I totally agree with you. I don't think radio is dying. I think it's shifting the vehicle in which we deliver that content. Yeah. Okay, so it might be on the uh, AM, FM dial. It might be on an audio podcast. It might be on a video podcast. So the, the way that people are consuming that content is just different. It doesn't mean that it's dying. So why... And a smart person says, I want content to be available in every format, not Correct. just one format. Correct. All right, so why did, why did we start a podcast? Why did I start a podcast? It was the main, the main reason is to be a vehicle each week to talk to the audience. 
Okay? So it wasn't uh, money necessarily. It wasn't, although we do run ads, um, it wasn't uh, training, uh, although that's a very big uh, key component of our podcast is to train people of how to make Sunday happen. The main piece was to talk to them every week. To have a constant communication with yep. your audience. So yep. someone who's in radio maybe... Why would they move to podcasts? Obviously, they already have that consistent, but you mentioned a couple of others. Revenue piece? Yes. What does that look like? Uh, what does the revenue piece look like? Yeah. I, I sponsorships, just, or is there more than that? I, well, I would just say that the podcast creates another vehicle, so they might listen to on the dial, or they might listen to while, you're, while they're exercising on a, on a podcast through Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever. So it's, it's just another vehicle. Got it. Um, talk to me a little bit about, like, if there's someone in the room that's a church, why would you start a podcast? Well, the main reason for churches is you already have loads and loads of content. You're a content machine if you're a church. Oh. Your, your pastor is doing a sermon every week. So that, for me, is at least one podcast a week. Maybe two or more, uh, depending on how you deliver that content. So don't think, we, I'm a church. I, I, where, I, do we got to come up with? You're already a content machine. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about kind of formats of podcasting. Uh, walk me through your style. What, what style of podcast do you have? Yeah, so we chose interview style. Okay, and why? Okay, so the reason why is because, one, I don't want to have to come up with 30, 45 minutes of content every week. Now, if a church, that, that content already exists. But I don't want to hear myself talk for 30 minutes, necessarily. Um, and I also can glean a lot from, from other people. Um, I had a, a little bit of access to some people, so that was another factor for me. Um, and I also just love talking to people. I love perspectives. You've been on our podcast multiple times. Um, and just perspectives of people. So that's why we chose it. Do you find that the interview style is able to allow you to have far more of a conversation and extrapolate data from people? Absolutely. Do you feel like the interview style has allowed you to get guests on the air that you wouldn't normally otherwise? 100%. So we are almost 250 episodes into the podcast, and I can get a guest now that I might not have gotten at episode two. And what is that? Because of quantity of scale and... Correct. All of that. Expansion, credibility. They see we have 250 podcasts. We've been doing it for four or five years now. Um, wow. They're, they're legit. It's credibility. All that kind of stuff. So if you can go to the next, I think it may be two slides down. Um, so let's talk about on the, the different formats. When I did my research, these are all the different formats that I sort of found. You obviously are interview. That's the first. Yep. Solo. Uh, you and I talked about this, but that would just be like one person just sort of chatting Yep. Uh, through that. That may be like um, almost Dave Ramsey's show-ish, or uh, that's kind of a call-in show. But there's a guy named yeah. Daryl Jardier that has a podcast yep. that's kind of in the solo. Yep. Uh, repurposed content would be kind of the next. This may be if you have uh, Sunday morning and you're taking some of that content from your sermon and breaking it up. Seth Godin has a great podcast out here, if you want to know that style, called The Startup School. And he literally recorded himself at a conference uh, and went back through. So right now, my second mic is going to a camera, and this right here will be a podcast. So constantly repurpose. Love it. Uh, number four, panel or a conversation, which is kind of a, a sort of deviation of interview, but it would be like a whole group. Right. Creative Church Network. Uh, if you guys have listened to them, Creative Church, Nick Goodner and those guys, they've got a great conversation uh, podcast out there. NPR's 1A uh, Marketing School. Our friend Brady Schreer now has kind of shifted to this sort of conversational show. Uh, you then have Story and Narrative. Has anybody uh, listened Cereal. to Serial? Right? They kind of like blew up podcasts, but This American Life. So it'd be fact or fiction, but it's just narrative-based, right? It's just another format of storytelling. And then essentially you've got hybrid, which is kind of a mix of all these. How important is it to stay consistent on one style? We stay uh, interview style most of the time. I can't tell you that there's not a handful that I've done a solo or a panel discussion. So we've, we've kind of repurposed. In fact, your conference, we've taken clips and full sessions yeah. and that's the meat of the content so you might put that in repurposed content something like that so it doesn't have to be you don't have to land there the every single episode you can bounce but i would say staying consistent does matter does staying consistent help you uh on an efficiency standpoint 100 percent. talk to me about your 
process like how much time per episode do you it's a 30 minute episode yes how much time per episode are you really spending yeah so i probably spend a little bit more time than others and you can speak to this because you've been on other podcasts so when when i've had you on I, I've done a lot more prep than probably somebody else. It's a ton. Um, because I got this whole document. I was like, I didn't even know I wrote that. Right. <laughs> because the reason why is because I want a bullseye on what we're trying to accomplish. And our ministry is trying to accomplish helping churches make Sunday morning better. So I want to know that what you're going to say hits that bullseye directly. So if I have my prep, if I know your book, your blog post, your article, whatever, and I dissect that... Um, then I know where we're going. Now, that doesn't mean I can't go off-road or follow-up questions or, or whatever, but I know how to get us back here because I want, what, I want to know what my audience is going to listen to and that it's going to be relevant to my audience, so, not, not yours. So Sorry. Um, I remember from my podcast, you had read the book. Yeah. That was a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then you had to do a lot of prep. How much time did you spend preparing for the interview itself? Yeah, so with you, I think we did two or three episodes, so that was probably 30 to 45 minutes of prep work. Okay. But I would say each interview usually takes me 15 to 20 minutes of prep. And I assume that's gotten faster as you've gotten to episode 250? A little, little bit faster. depends on the guest. So let's uh, go to the next slide. This is um, 12.30, or this is Making Sunday Happen format. So yep. walk me through sort of what's up here. It's going to build uh, over time, but um, walk me through kind of what your script is, if you will, for your show. Yeah. So I'm going to stand up here. So yeah. So this is our flow. So open. I give a little teaser. I said, this is the episode number. And then and I also do a little intro. So I talk about, okay, here's what we have going on. Here's the guests that we have up. Um, and then we go into commercial number one. So I usually say, hey, we're going to dive into the interview with Luke. But first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. So that's uh, commercial one. And then we hit the meat content. Um, and then I will come and do a commercial two, a second spot. And most of the time, this second spot has to do with our ministry. So know that as you're doing, when you do a sponsor commercial, it doesn't have to be a paid somebody else. It could be you're doing a book, you're a doing Legion, a uh, right. download, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then a lot of episodes, we do a mailbag. So it's kind of a Q&A. People can write in or send us video questions. And then I do a, a close. Do you always know what the next episode is when you close? One hundred. Yes, I do. So you can always tag, hey, next week on the podcast. That's right. And I usually only say the next week. I don't say two weeks from now because okay. even though we have mapped out pretty much the entire year, things can shift around. This, in fact, shifted our schedule. Um, so we can plug that in in two weeks and have that ready to go. Uh, well, I didn't prep you on this question, but how important is it in podcasting versus radio it's pretty much always being listened to in real time how important in podcasting is it to be relevant to current news like if the stock market goes down like it did the yeah. last couple of days do you want to mention that on a podcast or is your listenership not you i don't know what's your experience in yeah that? i do so here's how i handle that i map out as far as i can in a year and if there is something current that happens like in our world we just had a new presentation update of a major software happen yeah. so i'll do a little drop in and maybe that's commercial spot number two and say, hey, guys, ProPresenter 7 just launched. I want to tell you about it. Yeah. Okay, so that doesn't mess up my schedule or my flow, but it drops in the current uh, thing. I'm going to ask this real quick because I don't Does anybody care about commercials and sponsors and all that? Okay, so how many sponsors buy multiple episodes versus they want one episode because of that uh, that that guest or whatever i usually don't give them an option so oh, okay. i say yeah but but i try to match that sponsor with relevant content to, to them so we try to do that internally because we know the schedule better we don't want the sponsor dictating our schedule does that love make sense it. love it all right let's talk gear for just a second yeah can you walk me through what gear do you need to really kind of get into podcasting yeah so bare bones gear would be camera microphone um and an editing software, okay. whether that's audio or video. Okay, So with us, we like to scale it down a little bit so that if churches come to us and say, hey, how do we start a podcast, we can kind of replicate our setup for them. So I record on my laptop, just the camera on my, la my laptop. Video-wise. Um, Video-wise. Yep. Audio-wise, we do have a studio that we do have a, a pro mic and a pro uh, you know, audio setup devices. Interface. 
interfaces that, that can handle phone and, and whatever. And we use Zoom or Skype for, for video. So we do know that the video quality on the Skype interview or the Zoom interview is going to be less quality. But, I mean, it's, it's pretty common for that to happen. And we can get larger guests going with a video chat rather than having them in person. So I'm willing to take the hit with a little bit of quality dip to have that guest on. So a couple of other resources for you guys out there, other remote interviewing softwares, appear.in is one, Ringer, R-I-N-G-R. Obviously you mentioned Skype and Zoom, and then Squadcast. There's a ton of others out there. Um, uh, talk about, you, you talked about video. So now if we, if we can, let's sort of shift into the sort of how do we grow a podcast. You told me yeah. something on the phone, because we don't have that much time left, but yeah. you walked me through something on the phone the other day that you said, Luke, if you were to really start a podcast today, start with video podcasting, because if you could have gone back to episode one, yep. walk me through that. Yeah, so through that. it took us two, we did 200 episodes of audio only, which was fine. Most people consider I'm going to listen to a podcast. So when they say podcast, they think audio. But yes, when we talked, I said if I had to start over, I would, I would start with video. A couple of reasons why. One main reason why, and this might sound uh, conceited in a way, but your face recognition uh, allows the brand to grow. Okay, So if you see my face on Facebook on a podcast... Um, then when you see me at a conference, the connection, it takes you two seconds. Where if it's an audio podcast, you're like, hang on, this sounds familiar. His voice Kind of like when you hear the voice of yeah. Delilah or something, and then you yeah. see a photo, and you're like, I have no clue who that is. Right, that doesn't and even... she speaks, like, I know that. Right, exactly. So it, it honestly is brand recognition very, very fast. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so let's walk through sort of how to grow. One of the things, uh, and we put a slide together, although it's really just kind of a framework uh, you can go two more, Cy. Um, oh, we skipped that. So, and we talked gear and mean, sorry. This is great. These are great slides. They look beautiful. Yeah, okay. So let's walk through this. So you kind of said there's really like these three sort of vehicles here to sort of frame this growth conversation. Preview, promote, platform. Yeah, so we use the podcast. Our podcast is completely free. You don't have to pay to listen or watch the podcast. But we use the podcast as a lead generation. So it's kind of the entry point to our ministry. So it's a preview of what we can provide to churches. It's a preview of, you know, books or other resources, things like that. Um, so preview, use it as a lead generation. So it's an easy, uh, you know, you don't have to buy anything from me. Check out this podcast. It's completely free. Yeah. Okay. So All right. When we were talking about that. We talked about the funnel idea, and there may be workshops on this. Uh, but the idea that this would be the entry of the funnel. Right. So you'd get here, you'd get them to download something, eventually nurture that lead or that relationship, get them to engage in coasting, cust- co- coaching, custom media, right? Right. right. So yeah, this is your exactly. entry point. This, this is your front is door. Point. Yeah, so we do use the podcast to talk about our, our ministry ourselves. Um, it's not the main goal. Again, the main goal is the, a vehicle to talk to the audience um, and to train them. That's the main goal. But we do talk about what we do. So it's a a free entry point into what we do. Um, and then your second point, promote, where that kind of leads into this is a preview of our ministry and then we're, you know, commercial spot number two, we're going to promote something that you have to buy. Okay? Uh, and then the third is we move you to our platform. So we're now moving you to be on our email list, you know. You now have an app. <clears throat> Correct. You want to have that engaged conversation offline just as much as you have it. On the podcast. That's right, yeah. So um, have you ever done paid ads to try and find people to engage with the podcast, knowing it's the sort of beginning piece? Explain that. What do you mean? Have you ever done like a paid Facebook campaign to get people to listen or watch? Because I know you said Facebook has been yep. a huge we've done that. Piece. We've done that occasionally. And we were talking the other day that I've seen more engagement on our on my personal Facebook page than even our ministry Facebook or even YouTube like my personal Facebook page has seen the most growth. So I don't know if, if you're thinking about this and you're pastor at a, at a church or you're head person in your ministry, I would strongly encourage you to drop every episode, the full episode, 
on your personal pe- Facebook page. Now, you can do clips as well. Like we do little teasers. Here's a one-minute little clip. I would strongly suggest that too. But I drop the whole thing on there. That's crazy. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about on the, the sort of platform piece. Something else you told me about that you guys are really good at is you won't just let an episode on a podcast be an episode on a podcast. It spearheads to a whole bunch of repurposed stuff. Right? That's right. So we want to speak to repurposed content again. This I learned this from Michael Hyatt, and this, was, this really helped us a lot. One piece of content spread out as many ways as possible. So if you have, you know, if we're doing five tips on how to use ProPresenter 7, let's just say, um, that's going to be a blog post. It's going to be a podcast episode. It's going to be an ebook. It's going to be an email blast. It's going to be, I mean, every single way that you can get that out there because most people are not going to engage in every single one of those. Most people will see maybe two of those. They might read your blog and listen to your podcast, but they're probably not going to do both at the same time. So, so I, I'm hearing I, you say is this could be another vehicle for you to actually generate content for your ministry. 100%. Yeah. We rarely, rarely have people say, I've heard this 5,000 times. Why do you keep saying it? Yeah. Very, very rare. So one of the things that um, I have been trying to figure out is uh, what we do uh, as a conference for a podcast. And our idea is to take some of our workshops and then break that down with another conversation post. You tried that model. You said it was yeah. good because it yeah. kind of has some teaching, training, equipping, but then has an interview piece. Yeah. I'm just going to throw you a, a, a curveball question. How important is personality on podcasts? How important is having one consistent voice that's sort of that regular piece? I think it's very important. I think you do build brand. Now, I think one key piece that we try to keep in mind is, is humility. You don't want your platform to be your personality. Maybe your platform is this, but your personality is on your podcast. Yeah. Okay? So, like, this isn't Carl Barnhill Ministries. Right. This is 1230 Media. The podcast is making Sunday happen. I'm the host of the podcast. Yeah. It's three layers deep. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have, you know, so-and-so ministries, but I would, I would be careful with that. Yeah. Because, you, you know, your succession plan might be in trouble if something happens to that person. Whereas, something happened to me, ministry keeps going, we just get another host to the podcast. I love it. Okay, so we've got like three minutes left. I want to put our contact information on the screen. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us or check out some of this, the podcast that he has is Making Sunday Happen. You can search for that essentially anywhere that uh, podcasts can be found, right? Yep. Are you on Spotify yet? Spotify, Google Play. Where's the number one download, do you know? So Anchor, well, a- Apple iTunes is definitely oh, okay. still, uh, or Apple Podcasts is still the leader. Um, but yeah, Anchor, this is a good piece. Anchor.fm has been huge for us. So we post the podcast, now this is audio only, but we post the podcast to anchor.fm and it distributes it to every single platform. So now my team is not, okay, now I've got to put it on Google Play. Okay, yeah. Now I've got to put it on, Anchor is delivering that to everywhere. That's killer. So here's kind of a little inside secret. I'm actually recording an audiobook of a book I wrote two years ago and the guy who's actually recording the audiobook and I were talking just the other day after you and I talked. I said, hey, I got this idea. What if we were to do this interview about some of the key concepts of the book, and we released that as just a 16-part podcast as, again, the entry funnel to try and hopefully get you to check out the audio book. Yep. So even people in the room, if you've got products like that, this could just be a great preview. It could be a way to expose people to some of your personalities. If you're in a church, interview volunteers. Uh, tell different ministry stories. Uh, highlight there's Austin Stone Church has a great uh, story team out in Texas, and that may be a resource for you. I mean, they're just highlighting all these life change stories. So if you're a member of the church, you can engage with the church in just a different perspective, a different vehicle. Now, I would not be afraid to take the book and put it in the podcast. So what, here's what I that to me. Yeah. is you're going to give it for free here and sell it here. Yeah. Now, logically, it doesn't make sense. They're not going to buy the book if they listen to it for free. Yeah, they will. Yeah. It's in, that's so interesting to me. It blew my mind. All right. We want to give you a gift. Uh, if you'll go to the next slide, uh, almost everything we've talked about, uh, you can actually go to 1230.media backslash podcasting 101, and uh, you'll be able to download a resource that you guys put together that really was a lot of the framework and really helped me as I was asking a lot of these questions. 
we have 40 seconds left, and I promise the tech guys, because I do tech ministry uh, all the time and do events, that I will hit that clock right on the dot. So with 30 seconds remaining, all I'm going to say is this. We're not going to bombard up here because I know there's another session. If we can be of a resource to you and ask questions or bounce ideas, we'll meet you guys back here in the back, and we would love to shake hands or, or just dream a little bit and maybe be a resource. But appreciate you guys coming. Yep. Thank NRB and everybody else. Thanks, Thanks Carl. Thanks. Hey guys, I'm here with my friend Luke. Luke, we just got off stage talking about podcasting 101. Yeah. We talked about how to get started doing podcasts and how to grow. It was kind of fun because I have been calling you saying, hey, I, I have this idea to maybe start a podcast. And the whole idea of being able to have that conversation in front of a bunch of people was kind of fun for me just to go, hey, Carl, how do you grow? What do I need to know to get into this? Yeah. What sort of tool and gear and platforms and formats and styles? It was fun. So I want to ask you a few questions on what we didn't get to. In yeah, our yeah. We're moving uh, the way that people consume audio content and, and content in general. Um, that radio isn't dying. We're just consuming it. It's shifting, yeah. Yeah, so talk to me about some of the research that you found. Yeah, so I got a chance to sit in on a presentation with the president of iHeartRadio. Um, and he really was able to, it was an advertising pitch at the end of the day. But what he was breaking down was that a lot of people think that terrestrial radio is actually dying. It's not. It's actually soaring. More listenership is happening than it's ever happened in the past. And I, I don't remember all the statistics exactly, but it's like when he's focused on podcasts, which is the single greatest growth metric right now, um, has 47 plus percent growth. What you'll find is they listen to ads. Like 95% of listener of a podcast will listen to an ad. Whereas on a radio, they may change the channel or you may lose somebody during an ad break but they're going to listen to it on a podcast do you think that's because normally in podcasting they might know okay this is going to be a 30 second spot or 60 second spot on radio sometimes especially talk radio i'm like i don't know how long this thing's going to last right it could be four or five, could be four minutes, or five and minutes and then we go past the front of the hour and i'm like this thing's still going do you think that plays a part i think it does i also think it has something to do with the fact that the statistics i started with of where people listen that like 90% of people listen while they're doing exercise. You're not listening to radio there. So they're not. And you don't have access to all these controls. can't skip that. Yeah, I think for me, like, I listen to podcasts in the car mostly. And I'm not going to, like, tap and constantly press forward on my car because that's just going to take me away from driving. I, when you're doing house chores is the next one. Um, some sort of cooking or cleaning. Again, I think people listen to podcasts when they don't have their hands. And I think that's why there, rather than on YouTube or whatever, we, we want to fast forward through Netflix because we're far more captive in a fully immersive way. And I think on podcasting, you get a indirect captivity. So give me what else you found. Yeah, so uh, that was big. They also listen longer. 86% of podcast listeners listen to the entire podcast episode. Yeah. That's odd. We find that. Definitely. Whereas how many times have you and I started something on Netflix or started a radio program and we end up clicking off because we just get lost right and i don't know if it's because again you're you have that captivated audience uh, but that's really uh, eye-opening and that the average listener of a podcast will listen to 11 hours of podcast in a week like which means the that's guy like to be like there it's their routine every day when i exercise when i walk when i'm going on my jog this is yeah what i do yeah and i think that's the difference is that you're a podcast has literally owned a, a space in your schedule whereas radio and even netflix like nobody has scheduled out times to watch netflix but exercise chores working out um doing stuff around the house cooking cleaning driving all that's natural and we're filling voids yeah what's something from the workshop that we didn't have time to get to that you might want to speak to well you i feel like one of the big things that we talked about was you like content hacks. How, how do you get 30 episodes? How many episodes do you do in a year? In a year? Yeah. 52. Okay. Weekly. So you every week, what is like the, I would want to ask you, what is the greatest hack you have to being able to do that without it killing you? Yeah. Great question. So, and we didn't get to this, but producing in bulk is the 100% way for me to not want to <laughs> fall over. Okay. It's the only way that I can get through it. Okay, so we're producing, I'll do multiple interviews, even though they might not air for a month, two months, six mm -hmm. months. All back to back to back. Either all back to back to back or as many as I can do. And I have them in the can 
and they'll air whenever I need them to, to air. So I try not, in the interview, I try not to be dated. I can be dated on the other segments. Yeah. You know, hey, next week we're going to do this. Hey, check out Christmas content, but not in the interview. And that's that rapper concept that we were talking about right. in your format. Right, exactly. Uh, now, if I do reference it in the interview, I, I usually just be honest with the audience and say, hey, we were, we're recording this early. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. If there's something specific. To just be honest, or by the time you've listened to this, this product or book or movie has already been released, or that, yeah, that sort of thing. Now, if we can plan it, and I can plan it with the interviewer to say something that we know has already happened, but it's happening in the moment, or vice versa, then we'll do that. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, but if we, if we don't get to it, just be honest with the audience. They get it. We 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 know that sometimes you know we can record earlier whatever so but producing in bulk is uh, by far been the, the best way that we've been efficient right now as we sit here in february we we know our podcast schedule almost to december this year oh wow we know who's going to be on we know it may not all have been recorded yet it's not all recorded but you know where you're going i will tell you that i have interviews for probably four months that's six crazy months. that's amazing they're already in the can they're already done yeah that way it also allows me to say hey next week we're having this one on and i can speak to what we talk about yeah because like, you know what's coming like i can tell you this coming week we, are, we have jeremy camp on i, I love my conversation with jeremy because whatever right i can speak to the content because we've already done it i love it um, so yeah, what is there anything that we did not get to cover that you wanted to cover? Man, that's huge. And I think maybe the only other thing would be like, how do you get the really big guests? I mean, you and I talked offline about um, when it comes to guests, you've learned certain guests have a poll, certain have really good content, and you try and have a balance on that, right? Because you don't want just the celebrities that don't ever give content. That's right, and there is, there is definitely a balance between a, a celebrity name and a normal job of the content is so rich. Yeah. I like both. Yeah. The celebrity name gives me credibility. It gives our ministry credibility. Oh, you had Phil Vischer, Kevin Sorg, whatever the name is, it brings credibility. Right. It all, and it does that for other guests. Oh, I know so-and-so was on there. I know they're legit. I love it. So that's a piece of it. But I don't like to stay there. This isn't a, uh, you know, look how famous we can get. That, right. that, that is not the, the purpose. This is a training vehicle for our Yeah, because you've had me on the podcast. So I know you're not here to be famous. Well, the celebrity names. <laughs> uh, so how do we get a guest? Let's talk about yeah. that. So um, a lot of the times with a more celebrity guest, you have to go through a PR company. You don't normally catch them that's in their promo rhythm or what that's correct so they're doing a book a movie a show whatever their next project this is like is. the tonight show like the only reason that any of those guests are there is because they're pitching they're something in a movie yeah okay same way okay so i want to be on the pulse of this year what are the movies coming yeah out? what are the books coming out what are what are the software updates coming out? yeah okay so that sort of thing. So that I know Brad Weston, Pro Presenter 7. I know Pro Presenter 7 is coming out this year. Let's book a podcast with Brad. That's cool. So a couple months, Brad's going to be on the podcast. That's awesome. Okay, so I know when that's going to happen, so I know what guests to go after. But with a, a bigger name, you're going to have to go to a PR company and say, hey, we'd love to promote this project. Yeah. That's key because ding, ding, we're I'm not just. I'm willing to let you talk about your thing. I'm willing to let yeah. you talk about your thing. And I get, let me rabbit trail there and say, when I'm interviewing somebody, I've gotten to a point where I let them talk about their thing first, okay? And then I talk about whatever I want to talk about, and then I'll plug their thing. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I do that is because I want them to feel like it was worth it. So right, right off the bat, let's just get to your thing. Yeah, you got a okay? movie coming out. You got a book coming. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Plug it. Then we're gonna do what. And it almost lets your audience go. Oh, good. It's it's out of the way. Yes. Now yes. we can. Now we can talk. Get to the meat. Yeah, right. that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, man. Thank really you, brother. It. it was fun. Yeah. Well, hey guys, I hope you enjoyed learning about podcasting a little bit and kind of a behind-the-scenes view of what we do on this podcast, Making Sunday Happen. And in addition to hanging out with Luke at NRB, I caught up with my old friend Kevin McCreary, host of the Say Goodnight Kevin podcast. 
Yes, it did come from Home Alone. Uh, Kevin and I talked about podcasting, and we couldn't help but talk about movies. Both of us are big movie buffs. So uh, we talked about Christian movies and also podcasting a lot. So here's my conversation with Kevin McCreary. Hey guys, I'm here with my friend Kevin McCreary. Did I say it right? You said it as close as anybody. You know, we went to school together and you would think that I would know how to say it. No, I don't even know how to say it. You would think I would, but I don't. I have no clue. All right, so uh, since college, man, you have uh, really uh, done some interesting things. You worked at Focus on the Family mm-hmm. for a while, yeah. doing Adventures in Odyssey. Tell me about that. Right? Yeah. Oh, it was fun. Um, I mainly did, actually, I worked for the Daily Broadcast. Okay. So editing, Jim Daly was hosting. I believe he's still doing it now. It was, it was right after Dobson left. Okay. And so it was an interesting time to start there. And um, yeah, I was an editor for that. But also working with Adventures and Odyssey's podcast. That's actually, honestly, if you're working on Focus on the Family and there's people all around who work with Odyssey, I would sneak over there and uh, learn from them as much as I could because that's where the fun is, you know? I mean, the daily broadcast is fine, but Odyssey's fun. Yeah. (laughs) And so they were doing like, there's a Foley room there. They were doing all that. So I'm like, I wanted to watch them do that, learn as much as I could, so. I'm sure it's a good training ground for you. Absolutely, yeah. It was, uh, What's interesting and what I love about Focus on the Family is that they have a very strict dedication to quality. And so it was very much like a boot camp for me where some things that I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's good enough. They're like they they're very well trained and they uh, they train me pretty well. on. So you were at Focus for a while. Tell me after that where you went. Yeah. After that, I ended up getting more into video stuff. Um, I had been watching a lot of YouTube ever since YouTube was around. And I would say like, there's a YouTuber named Julian Smith, who he was one of the first people I saw who had a show who would like consistently make content on YouTube. And I loved that. And so with that, I ended up watching other YouTubers and I always kind of wanted to have a YouTube channel on my own. But I always felt like my strength was in audio because that's what I did in college. I worked at Focus doing audio. So I did some podcasts it focused on audio, but in the last uh, six years, I started a YouTube channel, and that's that's my new love. That's what uh, yeah, so I really love that. to do. The, the name of the channel and the podcast is the Good Night Kevin podcast. Yeah, say Good Night Kevin. Say Good Night Kevin. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Uh, it's a joke from Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, absolutely. Which is funny because I, w- <laughs> I wasn't even talking about movies when I started the podcast, but I love movies, so I ended up moving into doing movie reviews. Initially, I did one movie review kind of as a joke. I was like, in an experiment, it was left behind. I reviewed, and in fact, I hadn't watched a lot of Christian movies, and that was one of the few that I had seen. And I'd been watching another reviewer. Yeah, Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron one. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, I should do kind of a mystery science theater type thing with this movie. So I did it, and then kind of as a one-off thing and people it was the biggest video I had made and people were like when are you going to do the next one and I you know go where the people are <laughs> and so I ended up going and doing more I did a bible man review and then I was flooded it flooded with information about how there is more than one Christian movie there's a lot of them and uh so now I know about a lot of them and uh so you kind of morphed into kind of a satire almost satirical reviews Mm -hmm. of movies right tell me how that yeah um there's a lot of people who are reviewing movies kind of in the form that i do where i take a a deep dive into the movie so a lot of times they'll be between like 20 to even 40 minute long reviews where i'm going through the movie there's a lot of jokes along the way influenced by mystery science theater but then there's also analysis and some there's What's interesting, I do a lot of, I review a lot of Christian movies, but there's a lot of people out there who are reviewing Christian movies who are atheists, and more power to them. I'm glad that they're, I'm glad we can see kind of what the perspective of people who aren't Christians see when they see these movies. But it's easy to write that off also. I'm, I am a Christian and I'm reviewing the movies, but as movies, not as how family friendly is this movie, but how are they as a movie? And, um, and so it's kind of similar to what a lot of the atheists have done, but I think it's harder to write me off because I'm not, I don't think a criticism is, can you believe these people believe in Jesus? Because 
I do believe in Jesus, so I can believe that these people do. Yeah. And to me, that's not as much of a criticism as, you know, this this dialogue is very expositional and had it been structured this way, you know. So, so it's interesting and fun to kind of take that, to comb through the movie yeah. and learn, really. That's what I hope is that I, I get to learn about what it's like to make movies. People who watch my channel can learn and in the future when they make movies have a better idea of, of how to approach a film. So you were telling me that guys like Alex Kendrick and probably Dallas Jenkins and mm -hmm. uh, maybe other, other guys, directors of these films, Irwin Brothers, um, that you've had some interesting back and forth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, that's been interesting because, like I said, when I started reviewing movies, the idea was... Well, for one, just me. I didn't think anybody would watch them. I just thought it would be interesting to try, kind of a little challenge. But people did watch it, and my thought was, this is something that people who people who watch these movies will see my review, and it'll we'll have discussions, and and they'll laugh some. And but what I didn't anticipate was the actual directors of the movies seeing my reviews, yeah. which is a bit embarrassing because I go pretty hard on these movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and think I'm pretty good. Yeah, but I'm not like. I'm not ashamed yeah, we're, of, the, sure of what I have to say. A, you know, we wanted to be better. Yeah, in my heart, I, I, I want to learn. I think I always think there's something to learn from every movie, and sometimes it's just how not to make a movie. And so I want to educate myself. I want to grow, but also I don't think I think Christian movies should exist, and I'd love to see them get better and better. And I don't think that that's not happening, but I do think that there's a tendency. With it built in the niche of Christianity that offers grace, which is great for individuals, but I don't think is always great for products. Uh, we give Amazon reviews of products when they don't do what they're supposed to do. Uh, we don't do it because we're mad. We don't care that the product is Christian or not, or the people who made it are Christian. We just, okay, is this product a well-constructed product? And so to me, that's kind of how I see the review. I want. And I think that that type of accountability, which we do, accountability is a Christian principle or a yeah. Christian idea. Yeah. Uh, that type of thing encourages just the industry to, to get better. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a bit of a capitalist, so I think that that type of like market review can very, very much just make things better. And so sometimes people are, you know, they'll feel that, well, it's got a good message. I know that it wasn't very good, but the message is good, so I'm going to go support it. And there's a place, there's Your definitely a place for that. Is, it's a bad movie. Don't, right. Don't go see it. Or I don't recommend it, you know? And, yeah. and so hopefully people will look and say, and some of them say that they have a good message and they'll say like something about Jesus in it. But if you really get into the weeds of what they're saying, it may not actually be a great message, even yeah. if they mention Jesus. And so I do talk about that too. Like just not based on necessarily what I believe, but what the Bible says and you know just comparing based on what you what you're saying yeah. well, how does this line up with what uh you know what based on what you claim to believe you believe in this book yeah. how does that line up with what you're saying so me and you could talk movies for days yeah what is the best um christian film that you've seen uh, last, say, that's tough because there's so many categories of okay. there's okay. studio you know major studio christian movies that uh you know like passion of the christ or okay. silence or you know, movies that are made by major studios that cover faith stuff. Right, right. And then there's also like independent, low budget Christian right. movies. Like I would say the Kendrick brothers, under 5 million making movies, but they go theatrical. Right. But they're still, you know, Sony still is you know, yeah. distributing yeah. Their, their movies and stuff. Yeah. I would say for me, the, 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 that category, my favorite, and I've had people say they didn't like this movie, but, um, Probably all around uh, Case for Christ is my favorite. Really? Yeah, I feel like it's got great structure. Uh, the character actually has a story arc where it goes from him being one way, we, we follow him through, and it's believable when he finally like comes to Jesus. Right. I think oftentimes in movies when people become Christians, it's, it's unearned, and so you don't feel it, or I don't feel it the way I would hope. Uh, and also, I think that they have very believable uh, husband and wife arguments in that movie. And it's very rare in a Christian movie to see that. Uh, Fireproof, for example, has a very like kind of 
humorous argument between the husband and wife that you can tell like maybe he's about to say something a bad word but he you know and he pulls it back or not that case for Christ says a bad word but there's just that there's a, a sense of believability within the arguments that I think in that fireproof scene it's it feels forced like you said okay so here's how your uh, what you're doing relates to our audience oh sure you you have really found a way to uh, create launch and grow a uh, a YouTube channel and podcast mm -hmm. pretty successfully. So maybe give us some tips for the church on uh, if I'm a church, I'm looking to start a podcast, I'm mm -hmm. looking to uh, extend my worship experience throughout the week and maybe take the content from Sunday mm -hmm. and move it into you know a different format to be viewed, repurpose that for podcasting or whatever. Yeah. So talk to me about that, maybe some tips, a couple yeah. of tips that you found. Well, the great thing about podcasting is that anybody can do it. So there's oftentimes no reason not to do it. It's super cheap, super accessible. Um, the negative about it is anybody can do it. And so it's hard to get it out there. It's very, it's a very saturated market. So why would I listen to your podcast when I've got a queue of podcasts that I haven't quite gotten to yet? Um, and so that's something I think to keep in mind. There's no reason not to do one. Uh, just get, like in terms of te technically, if you've got content, make a podcast. If you wanna just make it for your, for people who can't come to church, you know, but they wanna hear the message, get it on your website, get it on iTunes so that people can, can listen to it. I think that that's, that's important, but in order to, make it expand beyond maybe the the people who are members but just couldn't make it that week i think that there needs to be something that you're offering that does bring it up above whatever you know makes it stand out makes it something that oh i've gotta i've gotta listen to that and sometimes that may mean not just putting your sermon up there it may mean actually making a show something where you are having conversations with people so what what I my podcast has gotten shared around a lot because like I said I never thought that these directors would see my reviews yeah. but a lot of them did and so they ended up I would get emails saying you know hey I saw your review very funny maybe they don't all say that but I like to think they all think they're funny at least uh, and they would say but you said these things and you were wrong. You don't know what you're talking about? Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about, which is hard to take, but understandable. But I'm looking at them as somebody who doesn't, I have no clue about the behind the scenes of the movie. I'm just looking at it as a consumer. So I was like, I should start a podcast. So I started, and I'd done podcasting before. I started a podcast where I'm talking to these directors. And so for me, the re what motivated me is knowing that I'm going to have guests on this podcast that people know about. Now that doesn't mean that people are going to necessarily share it. Having a guest doesn't mean that even the guest is going to share it. But it does help if you're having a conversation that maybe people haven't heard before. So like with my conversations with these directors, they're not talking to critics very often. But I, I don't know, I guess because I'm not completely hating them, uh, there's been an openness to talk to me about stuff. and. Yet I, I'm not like at a junket, so I'm not, Sony's not paying for my hotel to interview them. And so there's a, there's a different dynamic there. And, and so, especially my Alex Kendrick review, a lot of people shared that around because even if he said this stuff before, uh, a, lot, a lot of people haven't heard some of the stuff that I got to ask him and him being so open to just talk candidly about stuff made people feel like, wow, I've, I haven't heard him say this. This is something that everybody needs to hear. Um, so I think content is very important. To me, I, I really believe that if you've got solid content, something that's interesting and unique, people will be drawn to it. So you're saying church world, it doesn't necessarily mean oh, we have a sermon, I can just plot 30 minutes mm -hmm. of it down at the podcast. Even though you can do that. Right, but it, you're saying that it really needs to be more produced than that. You might need yeah, to do, I think it, uh, it either it, it, to, to redo outreach or do wraparound segments where you're doing an open, sure. you know, a teaser, yeah, you know, structure. And then the, maybe the sermon is the meat content in mm -hmm. the middle. 
but you're doing segments around it. Yeah, I think so. But I think getting to that, like I said, do the sermon, releasing the sermon. Uh, that way you're in the process of, of releasing a podcast because that can be overwhelming in and of itself. Uh, I use um, Simplecast, uh, but there's Libsyn, which they're actually here, I think. Um, these are podcast uh, aggregators, distributors. It makes it back in the day, those didn't exist when I first started doing podcasts. And you had to actually edit, have an FTP and edit your XML and all of these other acronyms. And now it's really nice that you can pay $15 a month or $20 a month. You upload your thing and they send it to all the places. Right, yeah. We use Anchor okay. uh, yeah. for that reason, or for that, and that purpose. It distributes it out beautiful. Yeah. All right, any more tips for a church on YouTube channel or podcast? Yeah. Um, what's been, uh, what's, how, you, how you've grown it? Give me some tips on growing it. Uh, for me, I just ride the coattails of other famous things. <laughs> You're a so, moocher. That's yes, that's saying. all I do. I've never right. done anything original. Right. Uh, but on a serious note, I think that um, I think that YouTube is a place that likes authenticity, and if you can be authentic, that doesn't people can smell when you're trying to relate with the kids, and they can also tell when you're trying to be too perfect, when you're trying to put up a front and and pretend to be better than you are. I think there's a middle ground there of authenticity to be open about your struggles, open about what you're thinking about, even questions. I, I think for me, because I'm not a Christian YouTube channel, I'm able to ask questions about topics that sometimes maybe if you just did that in a sermon, it would feel, people would worry. You'd get letters, you'd get so, so preached at. someone uh, preached at, yeah, that, yeah. or somebody might come to the office and say, Pastor, I heard you ask this question. I don't know that you're supposed to be asking those questions. But sometimes being open about, yeah, I was wondering about this thing, can give you answers. And having those types of conversations with with your audience, I don't know, connecting with people, I think is something that us as Christians are called to do. And also, it just happens to be what people are interested in right now. They're interested in somebody who is just kind of authentic yeah. with with the with their audience and people are looking for that sometimes people are looking for simulated authenticity and that can get frustrating watching like somebody yeah um, but I think that's very important and I think if you can do that if you can kind of grow a YouTube channel in that way um, oh one last thing I would say growing these types of things I look at podcasts and even YouTube as um, same way as like t-shirts you're not gonna most people don't make their millions or whatever off of selling t-shirts but t-shirts are a great way to be free advertisement so or selling it for real cheap somebody's wearing your t-shirt people ask hey what's that uh what's that shirt podcasts i think are the same way yes so look at it as a way to have something that you can instead of buying airtime this is a free place where you can have airtime and connect with people and grow an audience who then you can, whether you're a ministry trying to point them to donating or you're a church just trying to invite people to your church, those are free things. Don't look at that as content to sell. Look at that as free content. It's outreach. You know, that's your outreach. Bring people in to where then you can disciple them or you can connect with them or tell them about other cool things that you've got going on. Or if you're a business, where you can then sell things to them. Cool. Awesome, Kevin. Well, thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it, man. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Well, hey, guys, as we close out the podcast today, if you go to 1230.media forward slash podcasting 101, that's 1230.media slash podcasting 101. You can download a free ebook with all of my notes from my talk at NRB. So Luke and I's notes are all together in this free ebook. Uh, it's called Podcasting 101 What to Know and How to Grow. 
uh, it will help get your church set up with podcasting from ground zero. Just go to 1230.media forward slash podcasting 101 to check that out. All right, next week on the show, I welcome back my friend Kenny Jang to the show. Uh, You never know what to expect when Kenny comes on the show. So Kenny and I will be talking about how video is the name of the game when it comes to online and to your church. So if there's ever a time to lean into great video at your church, now is the time to do that. So Kenny and I will talk all about that next week. So I want to thank Vimeo Livestream for sponsoring our show this week. Remember to grab 10% off their pro and premium plans for your church at 1230.media forward slash Vimeo. It's 1230.media slash Vimeo. Well, go out there, guys, and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.